Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 9, Episode 70. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. We are so excited to have our second guest of the season. She is the CEO and founder of Zero Based Budget Coaching. Cindy hails from the Bronx. Shout out to the Boogie Down Bronx. You know, I'm yes, from that borough. Yes. BX all day. <laughs> and she's a full-time lawyer who found herself in over $200,000 in debt after graduating in June 2015. So that rude awakening led Cindy to do some research and learning about how to tackle her finances and just get that debt gone. And through that, she became a self-taught financial expert. And she uses that to coach her clients on how to become a millionaire by retirement, how to become debt-free, budgeting, simplifying investing, and so much more. <laughs> also, she has been featured on Telemundo. Hey. Not to mention, she plans on being student loan debt-free by 2020. So shout out to her on that. And she's a Cardinal Spellman alum, just like me. So that's amazing. Shout out to Cardinal Spellman, by the way. Hey, Miss Faulkner. <laughs> Without any further ado, we want to extend a big welcome to Cindy Zaniga. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. This, I'm really excited about this because I'm big on just financial health and just literacy i think it's so important to just really preach that and educate people so i'm excited to get these gems from you today yeah thank you i'm excited to share and becoming debt free as well and a millionaire let's start there (laughs) (laughs) priorities so let's just dive right into it can you kind of just share with us where the name zero based budget had come from and just what's the meaning behind it yeah, of course. So I uh, named my Instagram handle Zero Based Budget because that's an actual form of budgeting. Mm-hmm. And it's the form of budgeting that I decided to implement to allow me to reach my financial goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just to let you know what a zero based budget is, it's when all of your income equals all of your expenses okay. such that at the end of the month, it's zero. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you bring in three thousand dollars of income in a month, your expenses should be $3,000. And so now most people think, well, does that mean you want me to live paycheck to paycheck? You want me to spend all of my money? Uh, No. What that means is that the $3,000 that you bring in have a job, right? So some of those dollars go to your financial goals, like Mm -hmm. debt payoff, Mm -hmm. savings, uh, investments. Yeah. And others go to rent, right? Utilities, food, Mm -hmm. entertainment, uh, discretionary spending. Mm -hmm. The point is to really allocate every dollar that you bring in so that you're more empowered in knowing where your money went. So, you know, that's why I decided to name uh, my Instagram handle Zero Based Budget and later on my coaching business also hails from that name. Sweet. That's super dope. What is the most common question you hear when it comes to budgeting? How to stick to the budget. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Um, Yeah. So, you know, most people struggle sticking to their budget. And honestly, it's because they're not tracking their expenses. Okay. So what I tell everyone is uh, do it at the end of every single day. Just try it. Right. Just make it a habit. Every single day, ask yourself, what did I spend money on today? Right. Maybe it was three things. Jot those down. Uh, And the reason being, you know, some people say, well, Cindy, every day, you really expect me to do that every day. Yeah. Look, if you have five minutes for Instagram, you have five minutes for your financial future, you know. And so just take the time for yourself and for your financial future to just track what you're spending your money on. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you can have the prettiest budget in the world, all color coded, you know, with stickers and everything. But if you're not actually tracking your expenses. 
expenses and you don't know where your money is going, yeah. you're going to blow through that budget. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's just because we're not human calculators. Valid. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me Math um, wasn't my strong suit. Valid. Yeah. That one really resonated with me because especially as I got older and just became like a young professional, I realized I just started swiping my card and it got to the point where I'm like, okay, I probably spent way more than I should have, but I'm not even going to look at my statement. And I think I, it was just the point where I was just nervous. I didn't even want to look or mm-hmm. actually deal with the reality of what I was spending. So I could see that being really powerful just at the end of the each day, really looking and getting present to that. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of credit cards, what are the pros and cons of having a credit card? And what do you recommend that people, what credit cards do you recommend people should utilize if they're starting out? Right. So, uh, first of all, credit card debt is hands down the most toxic debt that you can have. Okay. Why? Because it has extremely high interest rates. Yeah. I mean, we're talking 15, 20, 25. I've seen 29% on some, especially store cards. So I want to be Them clear Them store that, cards are dangerous. Yes. My mama just got a Victoria's yes. Secret. I was like, just chill with that. And don't they, even get and, fancy. And they get you because they're like, oh, do you want to save they, 10% today? But what they don't tell you is, and then you want to pay us 29% later? Let me tell you how they got her. She was like, oh, can, and this is another thing, being a part of our generation. Oh, can you go online for me? This is, <laughs> can, you, can you go online for me? Um, There's a deal. Victoria's Secret yeah. have packaging, and you think you're getting all these perfumes for this price, but it's actually samples. Oh. But she's just, like, stuck and fascinated and pulled in. But to your point, yeah, these store credit cards are really dangerous. Right. So I do want to start there because I see that, especially with young people, it's so easy to rack up credit card mm-hmm. debt. Um, yeah. You know, I actually got my first credit card when I was in high school. It was our last year of high school, and there was a bank that was tabling. And they were in giving Spelman? yes in Spelman cafeteria. It's no longer legal. Oh, okay, <laughs> wow. You can no longer do that. Actually, that's uh you know part of there. There are a lot of uh, legal reforms that yeah. came to our economic system, um, especially after the recession yeah. that occurred. But uh, one of the things that came out of that is a certain restrictions on credit card companies. Uh, but I signed up for my first credit card when I was in my last year of high school, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything about credit cards. Wow. Uh, so, you know, just to answer your question, yeah. um, I do think that it can definitely be uh, a hindrance in your financial, you know, freedom journey yeah. to have that debt. However, I also do think that using credit cards can be extremely beneficial. Okay. So I put most of my spending on my city double cashback card, right? Okay. So I'm not sponsored by city at all, um, though. Hi, city. (laughs) Um, I do do love that card because it has no annual fees. So I always tell my clients, if you're going to go for a credit card, go for one that has no annual fees. Or if it does have an annual fee, be sure that the rewards exceed the fee that you're paying. Right. So if that credit card is going to give you, you know, they're going to wind up giving you $400 worth of flight credits, right? Yeah. You know, people like travel yes, cards and valid. stuff like that. And the fee is $50 a year. Yeah. Then, yeah, that might be worth it, right? Okay. But if, uh, you know, I've seen credit cards that charge $99 a year annual fee and they give you no benefit in return. Okay. So there it's not worth it. So look for the benefit. It doesn't necessarily have to be the annual fee aspect, but another right. element of it. Right. Exactly. Look okay. at what are they offering. So, for example, the city double cashback card offers you 2% 
$0.02 back on all of your purchases, right? So if you make a $100 purchase, you'll get $2 back. That doesn't sound like a ton of money, but if you're putting a lot of your spending on that card, now, to be clear, you pay off that card at the end of each month, right? Uh, you'll get those benefits and it's kind of nice. So I really like using my cash back for, uh, you know, books on Amazon. I'm really big on uh, literacy, specifically financial literacy. So Mm -hmm. most of the books I've actually purchased uh, on Amazon have been free because I've just been able to use my credit card rewards. When you say the cash back aspect, how do you see it being back on the card? Just to simplify it for other people so they get an understanding of it. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of your credit card statement, uh, you know, at the end of the month, they say, let's just say, for example, uh, you know, you spent $100 this month yeah. uh, and you paid off the $100 that you owed, you know, from last yeah. month or whatever it may be. And it says, you know, it'll say like $2 and then you can either get it as a statement credit. Right? Okay. So on like on your actual credit card bill okay. itself, or you can get it as like a direct deposit. Okay. So, you know, honestly, whatever, oh, wow. whatever you want, or you can actually even get like a paper check. Okay. So I you can request really that. <laughs> okay. Those, um, okay. But uh, but yeah, and then I think just to answer your um, you know your question on what do you recommend for someone that's it's just starting, starting out, out? Yeah. So this is a really popular question I get from college students, mm-hmm. right? Is I have no credit or I have bad credit. Yeah. So what do I do if I really want to start using credit cards wisely? Yeah. So here's my tip: if you have no credit or low credit, mm-hmm. look for a secured credit card. Okay. Okay. So what's a secured credit card? It's a card where, for example, you go to the bank and you say, I'm looking to get a secured credit card. Uh, They give you a credit card that has a $200 limit. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you have to give them $200. Oh. It's backed up by your money. That's why it's called secured. Okay. Right? Because if you, for example, fail to pay that card, your money is there to back it up. Okay. So now people say, well, why would I want to do that? Right? I'm getting a a credit card. I'm getting a limit for something that I just gave the bank. (laughs) Well, it's because it's going to help your credit score. Yeah. And when you help out your credit score, Mm -hmm. you're going to help out your ability to apply for those cards that have more benefits, fancier perks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm glad you put it that way. Yeah. So I, I love how you said you're really big into the financial literacy. Mm-hmm. What's like one book you would suggest that all millennials should check out to just make sure their financial literacy is intact? I think hands down my top book recommendation is I Will Teach You to Be Rich mm. okay. by Ramit Sethi. Okay. And uh, I just absolutely love that book. I okay. think it's a fantastic book that really looks at all aspects of your financial health. Okay. Right? debt, savings, investments, Mm -hmm. uh, retirement. Mm -hmm. And it shows you in kind of, you know, like dummy proof language. (laughs) You know, if I'm going to be honest, a lot of us kind of need because schools aren't really teaching us this stuff. So we kind of need to turn to Mm -hmm. other sources. And when we turn to those other sources, we're going to get hit with a lot of terms that we don't really know. Very true. And so to have a book that breaks it down, you know, very simply. uh, So he actually came out with that book about 10 years ago and he just re-released an updated version of that book. Oh, wow. About like two months ago, I've done a couple of giveaways on my Instagram for that book specifically just because Mm of how, uh, honestly, how much I recommend it to anyone and everyone. Okay. I love that you said that because I think it's so big in terms of financial literacy. It's not taught in our schools. and. A lot of kids just come out and have no idea. They don't really understand how it works. And that's when they just get destroyed. And and like you said, being pretty much stalked at 
in high school to get this credit card and get into this debt. So that's why I'm really excited about this episode because I think it's just so important to put it out there yeah. because I think that people can accumulate wealth, but yes. with, they just need the education on how to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. And ooh, so go no, for no, it. So um, with your coaching where you tell people how can they become a millionaire by retirement, do you mind getting into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Cause we're trying to be so, rich like right now. Yeah, no, so we no, just need I, to, well, as the it. clock is ticking, right? Next art show, we trying to be millionaires. All right, so I'm going to take notes for this one. So uh, it's going to take a lot of time, right? <laughs> like that's the first thing, right? That's yeah. the first thing. And so, you know, um, so I'll start with saying that I've now coached dozens of clients and there hasn't been a single client that I haven't been able to show them how to retire a millionaire. Now, to be clear, I have had clients that make anywhere from $20,000, $25,000 a year. They're like in college. They have kind of like a part-time job to uh, people that make six-figure incomes. And most of my clients, overwhelmingly, I'd say maybe 90%, Mm -hmm. don't make six-figure incomes. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to show each and every one how to retire a millionaire why right and how and you know what what's your secret it's not a secret it's math right that's actually all it is it's math um it's not too complicated of math but i do like using calculators for this one right so i always run their projection um on a calculator from bankrate.com okay i have an excellent uh retirement projection calculator and so now most people have a 401k for example right with their employer Mm -hmm. not all but many do or a 403B. I think that's like the equivalent for those in like the nonprofit public okay. sector. And most people don't even know that that's actually an investment account. Okay. Right? Like people say saving for retirement. It's actually investing for retirement. Okay. That's what you're doing with those accounts. Those okay. accounts are investing your money in the stock market. That's okay. actually what's happening yeah. with that money. Okay. Right? And so... That's the first thing, right, that I try to explain to clients is, uh, you know, do you know what your money is actually doing? Yeah. Uh, Next thing is how much are you contributing? Okay. Right? Uh, Hands down, if your employer offers a match, at least contribute to get that full match. Okay. What is a match? What what, what, what does all this mean, right? So, for example, uh, let's say, Kiana, your employer offers a 5% match on your contributions. Okay. To your retirement account. Okay. And you decide, okay, I'm going to put in 5% of my salary, Mm -hmm. right? Put in 5% of your salary. Let's just, let's pretend that you make $100,000 a year, right? 5% of your salary would be $5,000 a year. Okay. The beautiful thing is that your employer will also put $5,000 in that account for you. That is free money. And you would be shocked at how many people are not taking advantage of that full match. Wow. Instead, they're saying, oh, I'll just contribute 2%. Well, then your employer is only going to give you 2%. Yeah. But if their match is up to 5%, yeah. you need to get that money. That is a 100% return mm. on your investment. That's Guaranteed. Good. That's really good. Okay? Yeah. And so definitely, definitely, please, if you're listening to this right now, check if your employer offers a match that is so important and if they do yeah go to hr yeah and get them to uh you know start depositing up to at least you know to get that match 
So those are a couple things that I like to tell Mm -hmm. my clients right first is, do you know where your money is uh, going? How much are you contributing? Yes. Does your employer offer a match? And then that's where we get to the fun stuff. Okay. And the most important number Mm -hmm. in all of my calculations, people think it's how much money I'm putting in. Yeah. Okay. Or how much salary I make, what the percentage of contribution is. It's actually your age. Okay. Your age is hands down Mm -hmm. the most important number that you have in that projection. And that's because investments take time to grow. Okay. All right. So uh, that's the next number that we go with. And then I use the average age of retirement in America, which is 65. So let's pretend if a client is 25 years old, Mm -hmm. that means they have 40 years to let their money grow. Okay. And once we run those projections, the number comes up and it's very often 1.2, 1.6, 2, 3, $4 million. Okay. Right. Just from what people are contributing to their 401ks. But a lot of people don't even know to do that. And aside from the 401k, because yeah. I do realize that a lot of employers, uh, not a lot, but but some don't offer them, yeah. there's also other options. There's what's called individual retirement accounts. Okay. Right? Those are IRAs. Okay. There's also Roth IRAs. Yeah. So I highly recommend that even if your employer doesn't offer a 401k, that is not an excuse to not invest in your future. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I emphasize all this, especially to to millennials, is time is what's on our side. Yeah. Right. Don't start thinking about retirement when you're 50. No, it's now that you have to think about it because... If you start putting in just small amounts of money now, and yeah. you'd be surprised at how little, like uh, how little dollars you'd have to put in uh-huh. to actually make this money grow. And so now, because I don't have a calculator in front of me, yeah. you know, I can't run like a real life projection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have run them on my Instagram account, right? Okay. Uh, just to kind of highlight how you know retiring a millionaire is actually a reality mm-hmm. and it should be a reality especially for people in our community right yeah. so we have uh you know we have a, a certain thing in our community where we just don't this is not even an option right yeah. like retiring a millionaire yeah. is like you know like when i t- first told my parents you know like oh mommy puppy like yeah. you know <laughs> like like look at what i've discovered it's kind of like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Like, that's funny, right? And it's not until I actually explained it to them that they were like, oh, wow, that's actually possible. Yeah. You know? And so my parents, thankfully, um, benefit from my father's pension. Okay. But less and less companies are offering pensions now. Yeah. This is true. So what are you going to live off of when yeah. you retire? Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, a little bit of my spiel on retirement and definitely run those projections, run those numbers. You'd be shocked at how little you have to invest in order to get there. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually really excited to when I have kids yeah. because I, that's how I'm thinking about it now in terms of I can start saving for their college fund once I find out like I'm going to be having a kid and knowing Absolutely. that I have 19 years to actually just start saving little by little and just knowing that that compound interest and that time is going to just the money's going to get to grow and it i think it's just crazy um and matter of fact i don't know if it's crazy i think this is kind of by design that the top one percent like they have a lot of this information and it's kind of passed down but um it's not just generally shared because 
I guess people, there's there may be a little bit of scarcity and feeling like there may not be enough to go around. But I think this information is so important and it just needs to be shared in our communities because, like you said, it's possible. Like we could live in a world where everyone is just financially free and able to take care of themselves. And that would be like... Kiana makes fun of me all the time, like talking about my utopia. <laughs> so that would be like an ultimate utopia where people aren't worrying and stressed about money with everything yeah, else that they have to worry about. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's really it's it's possible. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I always I make it very clear, you know, of of my financial privilege, right? Honestly, if we you know, if you're listening to this, yeah. you're financially privileged. Yeah. Why? Because you live in the United States, yeah. most likely, right? And, and you have access to this. You, and so you that's have a start. Access, yeah. right? You have access to uh, this kind of education, yeah. this information. Um, but, you know, with that said, anyone actually in the U.S., right, yeah. that now has kind of, you know, and of course there are, you know, people that have yeah. certain uh, hindrances mm-hmm. to being able to acquire, you know, wealth in yeah. certain ways that we're able to, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the truth is that it really just takes planning yeah. and a little bit of math. And it doesn't take a six-figure salary. A lot yeah. of people think that that's what it takes. It doesn't. Yeah. It takes time. So definitely, if you're listening to this, I absolutely implore you to just run those numbers. Yeah. Right? And also, I'm out of a routine because you mentioned earlier about like having five minutes a day just looking through what you spend your money on and just like thinking about it and that too and tied it in. And like me, sometimes I get in the habit of, oh, I want to get this somewhere. And I'm like, I don't really need that. <laughs> Doing away with it. You know, it's hard. You know, like the McDonald's apple pies. It's like <laughs> very addictive to that. But like just saying it on a real scale, oh knowing God. that, yeah, you know, like I rather, why spend, and then I bring it back to being healthy. Why spend a dollar up to $2 for these two apple pies? when I could get four bananas for a dollar, Coach P. <laughs> so I'm thinking about that. And then that actually lasts me and holds me and I can utilize that more. So Coach P had touched on compound interest. So just wanted you to explain what it is and how how powerful it is. Yeah, absolutely. So compound interest is actually the topic for um, this week's Tidbit Tuesday. Right? Okay. So on my Instagram account, I do Tidbit Tuesdays, which are just financial nuggets okay. right, for you to have. And so I realize that a lot of people have blogs, right? And that's amazing. And they have, you know, full written pieces on there. Uh, But a lot of people also just like digesting information on Instagram, right? Like they're simplistic, like two lines, if that info, yes. Simple. And, you know, you're waiting, uh, you're you're on the train ride, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to work or whatever you want to like scroll through. And uh, so that's kind of how I've designed my Tidbit Tuesday. So this Tidbit Tuesday is specifically on compound interest. Sweet. And so compound interest is essentially interest that builds on interest. Okay. Okay. So let me, let me break that down. So compound interest can work against you. And let me, let me explain how it can work against you. So let's say you have massive student loan debt, right? Average student loan debt, I think in this country is like $38,000 or something crazy like that. And you have a certain amount of interest that you have to pay on that student loan. Yeah. What happens is that as every month goes by, unless you're paying more than that interest for the past month, yeah, the interest for the next month is going to grow on not just the original amount that you borrowed, yeah, but on that interest as well. Okay. And then it keeps on. Yeah. And it keeps on and on. That's why you hear a lot of stories from people that they're saying, uh, you know, 
I've paid down thousands okay. of my student loans and I can't see the principal go down. And so to be clear, the principal is yeah. the actual amount that you borrowed. Yeah. Right. And so that's why compound interest can really work against you. Okay. And that's part of the big problem with the student loan debt crisis, right, is is compound interest. Yeah. However, compound interest can also work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's say you invest ten thousand dollars today in the okay. stock market. Right? Yeah. Let's use a big number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you invest ten thousand dollars today in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stock market is performing at eight percent. Right. So okay. all that means is that you would get eight percent of a return on your money. Right. Okay. That's the whole point of yeah. investing. Right. And so, you know, s- stick with me because I, yeah. I tend to lose people when I get too much into the numbers. But I promise it's, it's actually really simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you put in ten thousand dollars today and you get an eight percent return. OK. Eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So next year you'll have ten thousand eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Right? Ten thousand that you invested plus the eight hundred dollar interest. OK. Right? Fine. Mm-hmm. But the following year, okay. the 8% grows on the 10800 Okay. So for that following year, yeah. the amount of interest that you get is not $800. It's $864. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So for the principal, $10,000 okay. plus year one interest, mm-hmm. $800. Mm-hmm. Plus year two interest, $864. Okay. In two years, you have $11,664. Okay. That is the power of compound interest. Now, what would that be in 30 years? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't yeah, have the math, right? a lot of numbers. Yeah. But, but that's how your money grows. Okay. That's how your money and grows. And that's how it works for you. And that's how you can make compound interest work for you. So I always encourage people that should be a goal to make compound interest, this concept of interest mm-hmm. growing on top of interest yeah. that grows on top of interest, yes. make that work to your benefit. Nice. Oh, wow. That's sweet. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's uh, and the power of compound interest. Yeah, it's great. And like you said, people get destroyed by it. And when you're able to utilize that and take advantage of it mm-hmm. for yourself, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, we love the fact that you are very transparent about your debt journey, especially on your social media page. So make sure you follow her on her page. <laughs> Congratulations on finally getting below $50,000 in Thank debt. You. That's really amazing. So is a transparency a key thing to helping you manage and eliminate one's personal debt, not only for you, but for your clientele as well? Um, so I do think transparency is really important mm-hmm. just as far as being honest with yourself, right? Okay. You'd be surprised at how many people don't even want to tell themselves yes. how much debt they have. Yeah. Right? So let's start there. Now, you don't have to go ahead and create a public Instagram account Valid. Right? where you're yeah. going to track your debt payoff journey. You know, I decided to do so just because no one else that I knew yeah. was doing that. So yeah. I decided, eh, why not? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't even have to do that. Just be transparent with yourself. Be honest with yourself. You know, confront your debt. Yeah list out everything that you owe and list out what the interest rates are on those, uh, you know, what your payments are, what's your plan to get rid of it. Uh, you know, and then, and then after that, after you feel comfortable doing that, then I definitely recommend sharing with someone, right. That can be your partner. Mm. Uh, you know, if, if you're married, that should definitely be (laughs) your partner. Um, but you know, that can be your partner. That can be your best friend. That can be your parents, your siblings, whomever. Mm -hmm. Right. Just so that you can have a little bit of encouragement in the journey because 
it's not easy. And it, it honestly could be really disheartening to just throw all this money to something that essentially occurred in the past. Yes. Right. And so it can be pretty tough. But I do think that there is a little bit of um, kind of liberation yeah. in being able to also tell people like, hey, I'm on a budget right now. Yeah. Right. Valid. Or, you know, I, ha- I have some goals right now, so I can't really do that. But thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right. We all have that friend that's like, oh. This flight just went on yeah. sale. Like, yeah. are we going to book it? Yeah. Like, well, with what money? Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, this is true. Um, so I yeah. think that having, you know, you don't need to make it this this grand public thing, uh, but definitely having, a, you know, a person or two to encourage you on your journey, I think is really important. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. And I think it's important that you mentioned it's, you should, if it, you have a partner, you should be sharing with that person. And I know there's like a statistic that, a majority of marriages are ended because of financial issues. And I think, like, I try when I'm talking to people about finances, I try to bring that into it to give you a reason. Like, you may not care about this, but these finances can really affect you in the long term. So can you speak to um, what's, like, the best way of dealing with finances, especially when it comes to with your partner being transparent? Yeah, so uh, you're absolutely right. Money is the leading cause of divorce in America. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to talk about that, yeah, right? Like, that's if, true. If we are essentially destroying the institution of marriage by something as trivial yeah. as something that's materialistic, <laughs> yes. like money, then that really needs to get spoken about, yeah. right? Like, I honestly think that should probably be like required premarital counseling yes. or something, right? Yes. Just because it's such a big issue. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've heard a lot of stories where people go into marriages not knowing how much debt their partner has, right? Or how much or how little they have in like savings yeah. or, or even how much they make, mm-hmm. like what their salary is, right? Yeah. Like those are all discussions that you should really be having with your partner. And so I think that, you know, as early as in the dating phase, right, yeah. you don't need to know like exactly how much they have in their retirement account yeah. or how much they have in savings and stuff like that. But just get a general gist of, you know, how, how do you manage your money? Oh, the credit score. Right. Is or, that a, is or, that or a question the, asked? The, the so credit, that's too soon. So, you know, I'm probably probably not the best person to ask this question just because my partner and I have been together for many years. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, we've been together since before we each had like yeah, credit scores. Yes. Mm-hmm. So these are all kinds of questions that kind of easily came up for yes. us because it's kind of like, you know, we really did life together yeah. as far as like in our teenage and like kind of early adult years. Yeah. Um, but for, you know, my like my friends out there, I always say, yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're willing to get intimate with your partner right and whatever intimacy looks yeah. like for you yeah. then why not know yeah kind of like what is your credit score how do you manage your money and so the question the next question is well why does that matter right oh it matters a lot yeah because if you want to if you live in new york city and you want to lease an apartment yes guess what they're gonna do they are they're gonna look at your credit score yep they're going to run your credit yes. report. And if you're over here chilling with your 750 yeah. and your partner has like a 500, yes. there's going to be a problem. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, if, you know, uh, credit affects everything, even 
you know, uh, job up applications, yes. a lot of jobs look into your credit report, mm-hmm. especially jobs in the financial services industry. Yes. And so those are all things that will impact. But also, you know, how are we going to split bills? Yeah. Right. How are we going to take care of that? These are all conversations that you definitely, definitely need to have with your partner. But it's not necessarily just about the score, too, because people get oh, hung yeah. up on that. Look at the the, the story, the history, mm-hmm. the back payments. And when you talk yeah. about that, it's just a matter of how consistent is this person when it comes to payment. If you're falling off several months at a time, it's like, OK, this is a bit questionable. How can we work on this? I know a lot of places are forgivable about student loans, and that has affected mm-hmm. people drastically on their credit. What is your take on student loans and how it affects your credit? So student loans uh, typically don't have as much of an impact on your okay. credit score as credit cards do. Okay, Credit cards absolutely have a tremendous impact yeah. on your credit score. Um, now, with that said, that's not to say that, you know, if you have student loans all of a sudden that's not going to that's not going to be relevant to your credit score yeah. no you have to make your payments okay, if you yeah. fall behind your student loan payments it will affect your credit score let's make that clear okay, because people that- don't run it around like oh they don't matter no, no more no, no. Cindy let's said make no that matter very clear <laughs> yes let's make that very clear that is extremely important yes. what what i'm saying is that you know on, on when it won't impact it significantly Uh is the amount of student loan debt that you have. So for example, you know, at one point I had six figure student loan debt and I had a phenomenal credit score. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and why was the credit score so good? It's just because I make my payments on time. You know, I've never missed a payment. Um, I keep my credit utilization low. Yeah. And so credit utilization means that, for example, let's say you have two credit cards and your credit limit across both of those is $10,000 yeah. and you have a $1,000 balance between yeah. both of the cards, mm-hmm. your credit utilization is 10%. Okay. Of okay. thousand. Okay. And so you want to keep that number low. Yeah. That number makes up a big part of your credit score. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's just a little tip. Uh, people say keep it below 30%. I say keep it below 10%. Yeah. Honestly, I don't want to see any debt on there, yeah. but if you must, right, let's keep it below 10%. Um, but anyway, so, so to go back to your question, you know, student loans and affecting credit and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you need to uh, be mindful yes. of your debt and making sure that you're paying them your you know those yeah. payments on time you're not falling behind uh but as far as it relates to your partner right your partner could have a really great credit score yes but they could also have like $150,000 of of debt and yeah. you might not know that right yes. so maybe that's where you take it to the next level and you start talking about what kinds of debt you have right yeah. i also think that's important to talk about very valid uh, it, <laughs> Dropping gems, huh? Yeah, and it's it's funny because when you were mentioning um, getting intimate with someone, <laughs> I just had like a little joke pop up in my head. Like, I see the credit score, and I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. You would do something <laughs> like that too, Chin Gemini. <laughs> I'm a Gemini too. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the best of both worlds is here, guys. <laughs> well, we got the good side of Cindy now. I never saw a bad side of you. I know this since high school, by the way. So, like, I'm good. I'm glad you're a Gemini. That's fine. Him, questionable. <laughs> um, so, I I want to kind of talk about technology really quickly mm-hmm. because it's yes. it's so prevalent in our lives. 
Do you have any apps or websites or things that you think are helpful for people when it comes to just making sure they're budgeting or keeping their finances pretty healthy? And if we could start out with the free ones first oh, and girl, then work our way they're out. They're all free. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, just making sure. Because some of them are free. They start out free and then a year later, it's like $2. Yeah. It's like, really? No, no. <laughs> so, um, so my general rule of thumb is I don't like paying for any kind of financial apps or little things that will kind of make my life easier as far as that's concerned, because that means less money in my pocket. Right. And so I'm pretty frugal when it comes to especially apps. I don't know. Maybe it's something about like paying for an app. Like I paid like $6 for this app that helps me make some of my posts like on Instagram. And that was like the toughest decision (laughs) that I had to make like that entire month. Like, Am I actually going to pay the five ninety nine to <laughs> Apple? Like I'm not even kidding, okay? Oh my god! So, um, so anyways, no, I so. understand. I understand. I understand. So I, uh, there are three specific apps that I really enjoy, yeah. and I recommend them to all of my clients. Uh, so the first one is the Every Dollar app. Okay, okay. it's a budgeting app, okay. and so that's the app that I use to keep track of my budget. So remember, we were talking yes. about earlier tracking your expenses and jotting them down. Mm -hmm. I'm always on my phone, right? I'm a phone person. And so what I do is I take literally at the end of every single day um, and some, you know, I'm not spending money every single day, but on the days that I am and I just ask myself, how much did I spend? Yeah. Plug it into the app. It's super easy. It is a zero based budget app, which is why I like to recommend it to my clients. Okay. Uh, They have a paid version, but I don't pay for the app. So I just use the free version and it's perfectly fine. You know, the free version uh, has you manually put in your expenses. But I think that's even better because Mm -hmm. then you're really confronting, you know, your spending habits. So that's one suggestion. Um, The next one is another really great one that I like is uh, personal capital. And so I like personal capital because it is a great app to track your net worth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's your net worth? Mm -hmm. Your net worth is when you take all of your assets Mm -hmm. and you subtract all of your liabilities and then you get a number. So okay. I'll give you a concrete example. Uh, let's pretend that you have, you know, as, as far as your assets are concerned, mm-hmm. you have savings, you have investments, uh, you know, you have retirement accounts. Yes. And you have, you add all those numbers up and you have $50,000 yeah. in mm-hmm. assets. But then you have $20,000 of student loan debt. Okay. 50000 Minus twenty thousand is thirty thousand yeah. dollars. So your net worth is thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. And so now you can do this just on paper. Okay. Uh, but the app makes your life easier. Yeah. And so you link your accounts to the app. So you can link all of your accounts, like your your retirement accounts, yeah. your investments, uh, savings, checking. Yeah. All those accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also link your debt accounts, right? Like your student loan, your credit cards, Uh, things like that. And it tracks your net worth. And it's really, your net worth is absolutely the best indicator of your financial health. Yeah. Right? Uh, I would say even more so than your credit score. Your credit score is extremely important, but your net worth, you get to really see that progress that you're making in your finances. So that's another app I like to recommend and it's free too. I think they do have like a paid version or something, but I don't have that. And then the last one is my preferred investment app and it's Betterment. And so I really enjoy Betterment because it's investing on cruise control. Okay. It's kind of like I'm a very passive investor as in I don't time the stock market. I'm not like picking stocks. You know, you always have the friend, right? That talks about like that one stock that they picked and how they like, you know, it grew like three times or something like that. Yeah. 
congratulations. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah. Right? So uh, Betterment is a robo-advising app mm-hmm. where you can uh, invest and you can just set up automatic you know, deposits, right? So every paycheck, they take a certain amount of money from my account and it just invests that money. And uh, the app is free to use. They do have a, like a management service fee. Yeah. I think it's something like 0.25%, something yeah. like that. Um, now, to be clear, these fees always will add up right but what you're paying for is for them to manage your investments yeah and if you want to be a passive investor you know kind of like i am yeah um then that's that's a definitely a good that will work for you yeah so uh those are three apps that i think are really helpful and and i love (laughs) yeah do you mind if i throw one more in there yeah so i really love the credit karma app Ah, yeah, because I I felt like it's not perfect though, but it's good. It's it's good. I really liked it because from young, like my first credit card was a Macy's store card, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to kind of get going on building credit, like right out of high school. And then it was just like I didn't know if I was doing it smart, but I I just was doing like paying it off every month, Mm -hmm. and I was telling my friends, yeah, I'm just trying to make sure my credit is good when I get older, and. It was really nothing tangible. But then once Credit Karma and like these apps started coming out and I downloaded the app and I looked at my score, I was like, oh, we're lit. <laughs> like, I've clearly been no, doing something awesome. right for a long time. So yeah. I tell people, download that app. It's yeah. free. And you can actually see your score, whether it's it, like high, middle, low. At yeah. least you deal with the reality of like what you're working with. And then I like it because it tells you, have you missed any payments? Yeah. What's your balance mm-hmm. on all your cards? Mm-hmm. And then what has happened in the last month that has affected your score? So like what you said about utilization, it points all of that out and it breaks it down in terms of um, the amount of time you had credit, the balances and your payments and it gives you little grades. So you know exactly what you need to do to just keep building the score. So I love that. Absolutely. I do love my Credit Karma uh, app as well. So that, that that's definitely a good one. Nice. I'm glad you mentioned time and having time to do so. If you're a full-time lawyer and you're running your business, how do you balance it all? Like, what is a typical day like for you? <laughs> um, so there isn't really a typical day, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I work like seven days a week. It's either my full-time job or, you know, a zero-based budget. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's tough, right? It's mm-hmm. tough. I, you know, I am a, I am an attorney full time. And so, you know, my day looks like, let's say like a Monday, for example, uh, you know, I'm in the office usually by like nine or nine thirty. Yeah. Uh, I work maybe sometimes until seven thirty. Yeah. It really, really depends. Mm-hmm. Go home, make some dinner, work on some stuff for zero based budget, whether that's replying to emails or creating content for my Instagram yeah. page or things like that. Uh, sometimes I have to log back in, you know, to work, uh, to finish things for work. And then uh, I have to kind of balance that. Yeah. And then I start again the next day. And so it's it's tough, you know, and I do coach clients. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I coach clients on sometimes on weekdays, usually only by video on weekdays and on weekends. Yeah. And weekends I have some in-person sessions. Okay. So, you know, I have that. It's, you know, it's tough. But I love it. Okay. Right. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. Yes. Right. I I, w- I wouldn't. It just mm-hmm. wouldn't be worth it. Um. 
the joy that I feel when I see my clients face, yeah. you know, light up when I lay out a plan for them yeah. to actually pay down their debt or to increase those savings. Or when I show them their projections on uh, what retiring a millionaire will look like. Yeah. That makes a difference, right? Because I wanted to model my coaching business out of, you know, you're just sitting in a coffee shop with a girlfriend. Yeah. You're talking money. That's it. Right. The reason why I did that is because a lot of these banks, you know, historically, financial advisors really looked like white men in suits at a bank. Yeah. That's very intimidating. Right. It wasn't a place for someone like me. Yeah. For example, and 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 by someone like me, I mean to be clear, you know, first generation daughter of immigrants, grew yeah. up in a low income community in the Bronx, uh, you know, woman, yeah, millennial, yeah. insert everything, there, yes, right? all of that, and so uh, that wasn't necessarily tailored to people like yeah. me, and so financial advisors, actually, you know, fun fact, uh, they. Not all of them, but most of them require at least $250,000 of assets to manage, right? So you would have to have $250,000 to actively invest, right? And why? Well, it's because they take a percentage of that, right? They need to make their money too, right? Which I, you know, you can't blame them. But the truth is that the financial services industry was made for a specific type of person. Yeah. And that person doesn't look like any one of yeah, us. Yeah, this is true. Just to be honest, yeah. right? And so with now what's happening is that we're getting robo-advisors. We'll, we're getting this whole um, financial media space, right, mm-hmm. of kind of like financial influencers, mm-hmm. if you will, that are making this information so much more accessible to our community. Yeah. And so I wanted to take it a step further yeah. by making, you know, creating my coaching business, right, where I get to guide people and put them on the path. Now, to be clear, I am not a financial advisor, yeah. nor am I a certified financial planner. Yeah. Those require specific certifications. I'm legally not allowed to tell you what to invest in, yeah. how to invest, uh, when, you know, like yes. anything like that, what yeah. to invest. There's boundaries. Uh, uh, yeah. Definitely. But what I am is a coach. Right? Yeah. What I am is someone that's there to guide you through that process mm-hmm. of this world that we're not taught about at yes. all. And money literally affects every single thing yes. that we do. It affects what we eat, yeah. where we live what kinds of jobs we take, it affects everything, but yet it's not really spoken about. And so that's why I kind of want to increase that. And so, yes, my average day can look kind of crazy, Mm -hmm. but it's been worth it. And I don't regret it at all. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Before we kind of switch gears and some of the questions and topics you're talking about, what's like your number one tip for millennials to really just make sure they're keeping their financial health intact and just working towards that goal of millionaire by retirement? Read. Mm. Yes. Pick a book. Yes. Educate yourself. Valid. You know, and 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 look, maybe it doesn't look like actually reading. Maybe it's an audio book. Yes. Right? Maybe it's a podcast. Yeah. Maybe it's YouTube. Yeah. There are so many different mediums for this millennials. We are in the age of information. Yes. Okay. We are the generation that is so incredibly privileged to have everything at our fingertips. Yes. Right. If you have a phone. You have everything at your fingertips. So use it wisely. So definitely my number one tip is Mm self-educate. Just take the initiative to say, you know what? 
I'm going to dedicate an hour of my week to f- my financial health. Yeah. Now, maybe that looks like you kind of assessing all your numbers. Yeah. You know, ordering that book that you, uh, you know, that you've been eyeing, ordering, you know, I will teach you to be rich, you know, yeah. or a- any of those books. I have a bunch of recommendations on my uh, Instagram page in case you're interested. Uh, but definitely self-educate. Yeah. Because there's so much power and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then when you have that knowledge... You can't help but share it. Valid. Right? And so that's really how our community gets uplifted. By just kind of spreading that knowledge and and taking it upon ourselves to, you know, self-educate. So definitely... You know, pick up a book. <laughs> I, I just want to say I got goosebumps for that because in my high school yearbook, my quote under my picture was, I never let my schooling get in the way of my education. Mm, yes. So I was just like, damn, that's that's it right there. That's Full exactly circle. it. Look, I went to elementary school, high school, college, and law school. Yeah. I graduated with a Juris Doctor degree, mm-hmm. and I never learned about money. Yeah. Okay, I was an attorney. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about finances. Mm-hmm. I learned that after. And the reason why I tell my clients that is because I don't care what job you have. I don't care if you're a cop, a teacher, yeah. a scientist, a doctor, mm-hmm. a lawyer, a nurse. Learn this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Take it upon yourself to do it. Yeah. This is true. And I'm glad you spoke more about that. And also, we're going to get into Elizabeth Warren introduced a bill to cancel $640 billion in student loan debt. The bill, if it is passed and it will likely happen, what would you like to see happen with this bill if it's put into effect? We need to have regulations on student loan interest rates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why student loan interest rates are as high as 11 12%. Yeah. That's egregious to me. Yeah. You know, for people that are just trying to take on, uh, you know, to better themselves. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, through education. Uh, but aside from, you know, tackling, tackling student loan interests is also financial literacy. Yeah. Right. Because if we just student loan debt cancellation, to be clear, will be a band aid to a much larger issue. Yeah. The larger yes. issue is a lack of of financial education in this country, okay? Just how we mandate math, science, social studies, all very important subjects. We also need to teach people about taxes and about how to open up a savings account and what investments mean, right? We need to educate our future. And so I would love to see a bill that includes reforms that mandate aspects of financial literacy in our education system, but also that addresses student loan interest rates. All right, cool. Thank you for that. And speaking of Elizabeth Warren, there is a plethora of candidates during this um, presidential election for 2020. Who are you rooting for and why? So that's actually really tough because uh, yeah. I I'm a really big fan of Cory Booker and okay. Joaquin Castro. Okay. And uh I think that they both have solid platforms where they're ready to confront these issues yeah. that we have in this country. Um but to be honest and not to try to shy away from the question, I just want whoever's gonna be this man <laughs> right? So it. I'm I honestly think that all of the candidates um not all, but like yeah. a, a majority of kind of the the candidates that are really out in front, like Kamala Harris and um and, and Elizabeth Warren, yeah. Bernie Sanders. I think that they all, at their core, have this mission of elevating our country, right? Yeah. Of bringing it back to where I think we thought 
<laughs> President Obama yeah. had left it off. Yeah. Right. And so I think that all of them honestly do have that energy, that spirit, that optimism. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Cory Booker is extremely uh, knowledgeable and presents the issues well, yeah. but also realistically. Yeah. Right. I feel like he takes a little bit more of a balanced approach when yeah. it comes to certain issues. And I think that Julian Castro okay. oh. <laughs> is uh, very much ready to. Yeah address a lot of these issues that are coming to this country, specifically healthcare and immigration, yeah. um, that are kind of just, uh, you know, affecting all of us, honestly, uh, in one way or another. So this- to be clear, whoever beats yeah. this man. <laughs> I'm just going to finally end on this note. Being that we're both mm-hmm. Bronx natives, what mm-hmm. would you like to see change within our communities when it comes to voting, especially coming up for election 2020? Yeah, so I think that, well, one, to just be knowledgeable of races that are going on, yes. right? Like, people, you know, they hit the polls for the big elections, yeah. right? Like, the U.S. Senate election or the presidential election. Yeah. But let's be very honest that New York is typically blue, right? Yes. So if you're a Democrat, it, I don't want to diminish your role yeah. there, right? But it's... Typically, it's kind of expected of how New York is going to go. But your local elections, those matter. You need to get out to vote Mm -hmm. in your local elections. Those matter so much. Right. Who's your city council person? Yeah. Who's uh, your state assembly person? Mm -hmm. Right. So those are the kinds of races that absolutely go get out there. Right. And and go vote for those. Um, But yeah. So definitely just having the enthusiasm to actually go out and vote. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned that. We're going to segue into Key's Tea. Y'all know what time it is. You talking shit? Nah, just spitting facts. It's Key's Tea. Speaking of the election, there's a photo going around with Cardi B and Bernie Saunders. So she met with him recently. Hopefully there's going to be more coming out about that. Where he spoke to her about what he plans to do as president and the changes he plans to make in the world. Um, And apparently the photo has caused a bit of an outrage among some of the Republicans, conservatives. Um, One of them in particular is Candace Owens from The Candace Owens Show. She had a lot to say about this photo. She challenged Cardi B to $250,000. And we're talking about Dutch, so she got money now. <laughs> so she was challenging her to $250,000 basically to have a debate with Cardi about Cardi's political stance on camera. So because she took a photo with Bernie Saunders, now you want to have a political debate with her of $250,000 just to challenge her because she has a political stance. Mind you, when Cardi posted this photo, there was no shade thrown towards the Republican Party. And you know Cardi be throwing them shade. You know how she do. But she ain't throwing no shade. There was nothing in the picture that indicated that she was saying anything negative about the Republican Party. She was just saying her take about working with Bernie Saunders or just having this conversation, which I think is very important. Also, a part of this conversation, she brought questions from her followers that, and she has a large following, a part of that conversation, which is a bigger thing as well. Um, and of course, Cardi B clapped back, but it's very classy. Um, she was like, why don't you use a $250,000 for a charity? That would be more helpful. I like Bernie because since the 60s, he's been fighting for equality. It looks like progression is really his passion. I still want to ask questions that my followers present to me. And like I said, it was classy. She could have went hard. You know, she's from the Bronx. You know how we do. <laughs> we don't shy away from stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is, I want to know if Candace would have had something to say if she was sitting with a Republican candidate. And I'm sure that she wouldn't have presented her with any type of um, challenge of that nature. But my problem is more so is we should be commending people like a Cardi B 
artists, actors, and actresses, people in entertainment with a platform that is actually taking on political agendas and having these conversations. She don't have to do it, but she is doing it. And she's been very vocal about it. I hope that she continues to do that and utilize her platform to make a change. And she know what time it is. She's from the Bronx. She sees what's going on in our communities, and she's very vocal about that. So instead of you trying to shame her, Candace, how about you have a seat, like several, and gather yourself, okay? Thank you. That's Keith's tea. Hey, I love it. It's a little extra spice because she's from the Bronx. Um, Cindy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like this yes. was so great. Yes. We learned so much and hopefully our listeners will be able to take this and just really start working on their financial freedom because that's such a big goal for people. Yeah. Um, and you just made it so simple and digestible. Um, so before we go, do you mind just letting us know um, what's a legacy you want to leave behind with everything that you're doing? And then where can our fans connect with you? Yeah. So as far as legacy, I think the legacy really is now is the time to turn the page. Yeah. Right now. It's our time. It's not just my time. It's our time. Right. To change our family trees. Yeah. And so I think that the legacy I want to leave is for people our age to become empowered so that our children don't have the kinds of struggles that we did, right? Yeah. And I think that's our parents' wish for us, but that's also that <laughs> yes. should also be our wish for our children. Yeah. Um, as far as where people can find me on yes. Instagram at um at zero based budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, my website is zero budget.com with a dash between zero and yes. base. Uh, you can also email me if you have any questions. I'm at info at zero dash budget.com. Great. And yeah. And also, are you doing any giveaways by any chance? I think you mentioned that about the book before. So I do a monthly giveaway. I'm actually announcing the August one soon. You heard that. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. do a monthly giveaway for um, either a a gift card to Amazon or Starbucks just because I think that's fun, right? To get a little something for our financial freedom journey. And I frequently do book giveaways on my Instagram. So check that out. Sweet. (laughs) All right. Great. Thank you. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. Make sure you purchase our ringtone at the tune store for android users and at the itunes store for apple users you know you like that silky sound smooth in the background so you know you want to purchase that <laughs> ringtone so might as well you go get it and please follow us on ig and twitter at unapologetic d underscore you can make donations to our patreon account by searching unapologetically different all of our episodes are posted on itunes please 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 make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Drop a comment so we know the love is real. Good, bad, and indifferent. But if it's going to be bad, you're going to get a clap back from Key. (laughs) You know how I do. And also, we are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher by searching Unapologetically Different. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye. Bye.